0: Bonjour, welcome to the Cognac Expert Calendar podcast, hosted by Taylor.
1: I'm joined again by Christophe from Cognac Michel Faugeron. Can you tell us what product are we tasting today?
0: So today we'll be tasting the Barrick 2001, which I called Barrick 2.1. And I will describe the main flavor of this Cognac.
1: Can you explain the idea behind the conception of this Barrique range?
0: We have a lot of different cognacs. We've been producing cognac for more than 50 years. So we have 50 different years of cognacs. And we like to do experiments. So everything at home is aging year by year. And I found it interesting to get people to discover what can be the differences from one year to the other and how you use them then to make your blend. What is the, the concept? How do you make the decisions to make a good blend? These are the basics I use for my blends. And I wanted them in to share it. So these are, they're not vintage cognacs, but they kind of are. Is that correct? If I would want them to be a real vintage, you know, the regulation here in cognac is quite drastic. You need to get the barrel sealed and you have very strict rules to be able to open barrels and everything. And I did not want to do that because you need to work on the product from time to time. You can't just put it in a barrel and wait for 30 years and open it one day and decide to bottle it because the result probably won't be that good. So. I like to taste my cognacs, I like to work on them, I like to move them from one cellar to the other cellar. This is why I can't add the, the real vintage seal, but I know what I put in my barrels. I get my own traceability, so when I release the barrel series, it's because I know what's inside.
1: So it's a perfectly traceable, unofficial vintage. Are there significant differences between the vintages? Or does the fact that the wine is double distilled, does some of the vintage signature get
0: lost? It's not like wine, definitely not. We are not that much tied to the weather for the resulting taste. Although, of course, it's important because that will define the quality of the wine and the alcoholic strength of the wine we are going to distill. But then all the distillation process is also important. So it's double distillation, the, the wine is boiling during 12 hours in the pot and then you reboil it and all the chemical which happens in the pot and during these 12 hours you can't really control it. And the temperature also when the alcohol is coming out of the alembic is a key factor of what will reveal and what not. So you have several factors which comes in the final result for your DV. So, of course, the quality of your wine originally, which also means the quality of your vineyard, and then all the distillation process. And at the end, you do one global batch for one year, and then you start to store it. And, of course, another point is the aging. All these different factors and time, of course, will shape the final product.
1: It sounds significantly more complex than vintages with wine, just because there are so many other factors. And there's the process of
0: the distillation. Yes. And, you know, my neighbor will have a different result from me, even if our vineyards are close together. And even if we have the same size of Alambic and whatever, his tuning might be different from my my own tuning during distillation. I mean, his sellers will be different. Can you talk a little
1: bit about your Alambic? How big is it? How many do you have, etc.?
0: From 1965 to 2007, we had only one small alambic, which was uh, 11 hectoliters. And in 2007, since we increased the vineyards, we needed a second alambic. So we installed a bigger one, 25 hectoliters. And uh, right now, this year, actually, I'm installing a second 25 hectoliters. So in a few days, we'll have two 25 hectoliters alambic. Can you
1: describe how the size of the alambic can affect the eau de vie that comes out of it?
0: Well, I had this discussion with one of my good friends here, which says the quality is better on smaller alambic. I'm not sure it is, actually, because as I said before, you have so many parameters which comes in the frame while you are distilling, but I'm not really sure the size of the pot will make that much of a difference. I mean, it's mostly also the head on top of the alambic is also very important. Of course, the length of your own uh, pipe coming out of the pot until the end of the serpentin. And the cooling temperature, of course, all this will influence the resulting eau de vie, and I guess it's more important than the size itself of the pot.
1: The skill of the distiller wins over the size of the pot still.
0: The skill of the distiller really is today to make sure you get the finest tuning according to which wine you are distilling. And this is another factor too. Each tank of wine is different from the other, mostly. So at each tank, you may have to readapt or to retune a little bit your curve of heating, your curve of cooling, and everything. Each bunch of is different from the previous and from the next.
1: You're getting a new Alambic installed. Can we assume then that your distillation season is about to begin or have you already started?
0: I did not start yet because none of my Alambics are installed right now. Because with the second one, I need to get some connections between the two. Hopefully, after uh, I'm fully operational, I should be able to uh, distill in two months, more or less.
1: There's a distillation season in in Cognac. Can you quickly describe what that season is?
0: Okay, so the distillation you can start really just at the end of the harvest. It takes about five days to get the juice fermentated to turn into white wine. I mean uh, ready for distillation. So you can start distillation really, let's say mid October more or less. The only goal is to get finished by thirty first of March. So you have about six month span to, to distill your production. What happens if you don't finish by thirty first of March? Well, you have to get to the customs and say, okay, I still have this batch to distill. So this much uh, Eau de to produce. And this Eau de Vee will not be allowed to age and it will be included or it will start aging with your next harvest. So you will lose one year of aging for what will be uh, distilled after 31st of March. But usually, I mean, everybody is able to finish by this date.
1: Let's move back to this Berry 2.1 product that we're tasting today. What's the ABV of this cognac?
0: When I started the Barrick range, I started with very old vintages like 74, 79, 84 and 89 because I thought by then it was a good span of years to be able to detect some big differences from one vintage to the other. Then I started to add it some more years and I started with a 1990 range and natural aging for the 1990 by that I'm talking 20 years ago almost, was still at 62, 63% alcohol. So I decided to make a slight reduction, and I found out that the 47% was a good match between taste, strength, and the quality of natural aging of the product. So all the nine, I mean all the Baric range from 1990 is proposed at
1: 47%. Like all of your other cognacs, I'm assuming no additives, no dosage, no, no
0: coloring. Nope, just natural, plain and natural color and taste and everything from the barrels.
1: Let's move into a tasting note. How would you describe the nose of this Barrique 2.1 Cognac?
0: The nose of this Barrique is vanilla, which means this particular year did a year or two in new barrels originally. And I would say actually in uh, troncé barrels, mostly. And the second one is iris bulbs, the root of the iris, not the flower of the iris. There is a very sweet smell, like some uh, white flower, very sugary white flower that you can find in spring, for example. And if we move on to the taste, how would you describe the taste? The first taste actually is like chili a little bit, but nice chili, not something which will burn you down, just something which remains on the palate, that impression of smoothness, and then it bites a little bit. And how would you describe the finish? It's a little oily, then the chili comes out and explodes a little bit. It's like fizzy, like some small bubbles which will explode then inside. Christophe, this has been
1: great. So thank you very much. I wish you a successful distillation season with your new (laughs) alambic.
0: Hopefully. Thank you very much, Taylor. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Cognac Expert calendar podcast. All bottles of this calendar can be found on cognacexpert.com. Tomorrow is another day, another cognac. Au revoir.